So you just heard the Christmas story, which I'm sure by now you are probably quite familiar with. Jesus, the Son of God, born to the Virgin Mary in the city of Bethlehem, according to centuries of prophecy. So this evening, I'd like to take a turn and go a slightly different direction. Instead of looking at where the story of Jesus begins in a manger in a stable in Bethlehem, I'd rather look to where the story ends in heaven. In Revelation chapters 21 and 22, we get a beautiful description of what heaven looks like. Uh, For those who trust in Jesus, this is what we look forward to. And so I want to read a portion of this, and I'd love for you to just listen and imagine and visualize this scene as I read it for us, okay? In talking about the kingdom of heaven, the city of God, it says this, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And this city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of all the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter into it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life." Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will have no need of light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And He said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent His angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. If you've been with us over the month of December at Maricopa Springs, you probably know by now that our theme for this Advent time leading up to Christmas has been the idea of light in the darkness. Over these last few weeks, I've tried hard to kind of help us see that there is darkness in this world. This world, the way that it is, is not the way that it is supposed to be. When God made man in his image at the very beginning of time, God looked down on what he had made and he said, it is very good. But it didn't take long for Adam and Eve to sin and to plunge all of humanity into a great curse, the darkness of evil. And there's darkness all around us, and I don't mean the night outside. I mean that because of sin, life is hard. Uh, I currently have two friends my age who, they don't live in Maricopa. These are men whose weddings I was a part of. I remember the vows that they made on their wedding day to their wives. 
I remember the utter sublime happiness of those moments when they stood at the altar and promised their hearts and lives to one another. And both of these friends separately in their marriages are now going through a season of great darkness because our world is broken. Both of them, unfortunately, coincidentally, eight years into their marriages, are watching the joy of that wedding day slowly unravel through trial. Sin and evil threaten to tear the commitments that they made to their spouses apart. And their hearts, as I've talked to these friends of mine, just ache as their wedding or their their marriage implodes. It's just not the way that it's supposed to be. As I listen to them talk on the phone, my heart grieves. Another friend of mine just within the last two weeks was telling me, uh, giving me an update about his son. His son has grown about my age as well. About two years ago, uh, he and his wife lost twin babies within a week after them being born. Twins dying as newborns. The grief of losing both children sent him and his wife into deep marriage conflict that ended with them getting a divorce because they just couldn't handle the grief. The utter tragedy of the experiences for this man ended up sending him into drug addiction. And in the darkness of his life and experiences, you know, he went looking for something to satisfy his soul in the midst of the suffering, only to plunge his life into greater darkness through getting hooked on drugs. Deeper and deeper into ruin after the experience of tragedy. And I understand this is a, an extreme example, a tragic example. All of these examples are. But doesn't it help us understand? I mean, can't you, can't you think of somebody that you're connected to in your own life experiencing something similar? Or maybe it's you. As everybody around you in this season of joy is filled with happiness, you feel a sense of emptiness. This world is dark. And the Christmas story should bring us joy in the midst of this darkness. It should lift our hearts with hope and peace in the midst of this chaos. Because it reminds us that in this darkness, a light of hope began to burn when Jesus, the Son of God, was born. And Jesus lived And while he lived, his light continued to burn as he brought hope and healing to many who were burdened, wounded, cast out, marginalized. And at the moment, even when he was viciously murdered on the cross and it appeared that his light was going to be snuffed out by the darkness, that the darkness had in fact won victory over him, we see that the power of God was greater than the darkness And Jesus Christ was raised to new life. The candle of his glory continued to burn, regardless of how hard the darkness attempted to press in. Try as it might, the darkness could not overcome the light of Christ, even in his death, try though it might. And the hope of Christ continues to burn even now. I hope you know this truth. In the hearts and the lives of those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, His light continues to shine in this darkness. So then we get to Revelation, the passage of Scripture that I read, where we're given just a glimpse 
of what is to come, just a peek into the next life where there is, in fact, no darkness. And we find that the light of Christ, that in human history appeared to be only just a flickering candle in the thousands of years of darkness and tragedy, that light that flickered for just a moment in human history 2,000 years ago now fills all of eternity with the glorious light of God Himself so that night will be no more, so that no longer will there be tears or mourning or sorrow or sadness or pain or crying or suffering, so that no longer shall the darkness of death and sin and evil have any place whatsoever in the kingdom of God's glorious light. Because the Bible tells us in that time the dwelling place of God will be with man, and he will be our God, and we will be his people. Christ, I hope you know, is our only hope in this present darkness, as well as our light throughout all eternity. So I do want it to be clear. The only way that you enter into this kingdom of glorious light, this description of eternity in the presence of God, where there is no more darkness because of evil, is to place your faith and your trust in Jesus, this baby in a manger born in Bethlehem, the one who came to be your Savior, your Redeemer. The end of Revelation, just after the passage that I read you, tells us, reminds us that Jesus is going to return. He is coming. Just like He was once born in a manger in Bethlehem, he will come again. But this time, not as an innocent baby, helpless, at the hands of his mother and father. Instead, this time, he will come as a conquering king to reclaim his people and to destroy all that stands against him. On his return, thank God, he will abolish the darkness finally, fully, with the overwhelming weight of his glory. And in so doing, he will bring an end to every person who loves the darkness instead of his light. And he will shine forth the glory of his light to bring salvation to all who choose to place their trust in him. And on Christmas, this is what we remember, this is what we reflect on, that Christ came and that he is again coming. Not only that once upon a time 2,000 years ago at a moment in history in Jerusalem, but that on a day which God has already fixed in his mind, Christ is coming back to gather those who belong to him and to set them free from this present darkness, to destroy what remains of this darkness once and for all. And I want you to hear, for those in this room who don't yet believe in Jesus, who don't yet trust in him, now is the time to leave that darkness and come out into the light of Christ. And for those who already have our names gloriously written in the book of the Lamb from before the foundation of the world, let us sing, let us rejoice, let us worship because our Savior rules and reigns the world even now. Let us glorify His name and praise Him as we continue to wait eagerly for His return. That day when He will fully and finally lead us out of darkness and into the glorious light of His kingdom. This is why we worship. 
This is why we sing. We're going to stand and do it again in a moment. And I want to remind you, it's because the God who came once as a baby in Bethlehem is coming again soon as King of kings and Lord of lords to save all those who trust in Him. We sing because even now, the darkness has been defeated and the light of Christ prevails. Let me pray for us. God, I ask that you would fill our hearts with joy, with worship, with light, as we think upon your Son, Jesus, who was born in a manger in humility to save us from sin, and who is now gloriously seated beside your throne, awaiting the day when he will return to take us home. We thank you that all sin and evil that all darkness, all tragedy, all mourning, all of the tears of sadness will be undone by what Christ has done. Lord, would you help us trust in you for these things and would you pour into our hearts the joy of these truths, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.